Welcome to Metal Church. Join us as we enter into our time of worship. On this Saints, All Saints Day, we praise God for health, faith, and revolutionary love. Saints rise. We give thanks for our ancestors that made a way for us to be. Saints rise. We acknowledge our elders for providing us with wisdom and guidance. Saints rise. We are grateful for the energy of our youth, Dear God, we are called by you to be beloved community. Let us recognize your light in each other. Saints rise. We are community where all are blessed and loved. Amen. By Monique Fortenay. Have a blessed day. <laughs>
choir for leading us with some powerful opening and reminding us that we will sing on. My name is Christina Fleming, and I'm the Director of Communications here at Middle Church. And on behalf of the Senior Minister, Dr. Jackie Lewis, we warmly welcome each of you here to worship with us today. Uh, Jackie's in Chicago celebrating her father's 85th birthday, and she's watching there. So hi, Jackie, and hi to everybody who's joining us um, from their homes or all around the country. We want to welcome warmly any visitors who are here with us today. Um, if you are here for the first time, if you'll just raise your hand and an usher will bring you a beautiful welcome card so that you can stay connected to us. And where are you visiting from? France. France. Bonjour. What part of France? South of France. South of France. Sounds gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. Anywhere? Uh, I saw a hand somewhere else. Yeah, where are you visiting from? France. France, welcome. So if you're from France, you can join us every Sunday at 11.45 Eastern Time on this beautiful camera from your phone in France, okay? And you can join and be a member of Middle Church at any time online as well. All right, well, and if, you're, if you just didn't raise your hand, yes, where are you from? Michigan, woo, Michigan's in the house. Beautiful, you have a lot of siblings from Michigan here. All right, um, Jackie texted and wanted us to make sure we uh, sang happy birthday to Amanda. It's Amanda's birthday yesterday. So we'll give a quick ha happy birthday song to Reverend Amanda. Tuesday we're voting, so uh, please make yourself, get yourself to the polls this Tuesday, um, either before work, after work, or anytime during the day. It matters, and there's information on polling places on our website. Today, uh, this afternoon, there will also be an open house for children and youth and families. Elise, will you stand up? Elise will be leading that. And just mark your calendar, the Sunday after that, the 17th, is our amazing multicultural children's book fair that she has been planning for months, months, for Christmas gifts for all of the children in your family. Um, on a personal note, I have, uh, I love being a member of Middle Church for 12 years and on staff for eight. Um, just so you all know, my dad has been fighting prostate cancer that's metastasized to the bone for five and a half years. And the doctors told us recently um, that they've done all they can. So um, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be with us, but I will always fight for his full life. And the call on my life right now, um, because my mom is also in fragile health, is to be with them and stand with them in their death as they stood for us in our life. So my partner and I, Neil is here. He's in the back. He's a quiet guy are going to be um, uh, appearing in their home soon to care give for my parents. And I'm not sure how long we'll be there, but it's the call on my life right now to show up in that space. 
So I am very grateful to Dr. Lewis and the consistory who, um, there are very few people who can be a pastor and a boss. But at the times where I have been speechless, Jackie has had prayers for me. And I um, hope and pray that all of you feel so held and so loved as we face the mysteries of life and death. So I just want to, if you, in a few weeks, uh, you won't see my face much and know that I'll be watching you online and cheering you on, but that's where I'll be um, following the call to be present in there, this holy and sacred time. I think I'm done with announcements, and I love you all very much. Thank you, Christina. And as a reminder, Christina is a member under care here through the ordination process. And so we pray for the day where we will see Christina ordained right here. Amen. Now's our time in our worship when we pray together as a community. It's a unique time for a group of people who know and love each other and maybe some new strangers to pray together. And if you're with us online, you are part of this prayer and you're part of this community too. Today, Middle celebrates, commemorates All Saints Day. In certain traditions, the word saint is reserved for particular people who have been canonized or, or uh, glorified. We, in our Reformed traditions, use the term saint more broadly to refer to God's beloved people, the holy ones, and in the, st in the same spirit that Paul, in his letters, used when he talked about the saints, he was talking about all those who follow the way of the good news. In a moment, during our time of prayer, I'll create, with the help of God, I'll create a space for us to Pray out loud the names of those who have gone before us, those for whom we offer thanksgiving for their lives and for their journeys. And as a reminder, a little announcement here, we will be convening a bereavement group on Tuesday evenings in November, starting November 12th, so keep an eye out for that for more information or come and talk with me. I'll let you know the details around that. Let us pray. Holy One, here in this place, now in this time, hear our prayers. Send us your peace. Send your peace to this world that is so aching to know your peace, O oh God. Send your peace to this nation, to all the nations of the world in conflict, in division, who can't see eye to eye, who are struggling to understand a way forward, all those parts of our world which are struggling with violence, hatred, oppression, conflict. Send us your peace to each one of us here. Help us feel your peace wash over us, heal us, Comfort us in our grief and in our loss. Show us the way to companionship and connection out of loneliness. Show us the way out of despair into meaning and purpose in our lives. Holy One, send us your strength. Strengthen us for our journeys ahead. 
show us a path that we can not only reflect and give thanks, but to act in love and in courage. Strengthen us, O Holy One. Send us your mercy, your forgiveness, your understanding for those things that we did that we regret, and for all those things that we have not yet done. Holy One, send us your mercy. Send us your love. Here in this moment, now in this time, fill our hearts with your love. Let our hearts overflow with the abundance of your blessings. Help us feel the power of your love in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, in our very spirits. Filled with your love, let us offer gratitude, thanksgiving for the lives of the people who have gone before us, for the people who shaped us, for the people who crossed paths, created paths where there was no way. We're bold to name out loud now our beloved friends and family. voiced silently in our hearts. Fill us with your comfort, with your love, with your light. Fill us with hope that we too one day may be remembered, that our names may be spoken out loud. Guide us, O oh God, along this path. Help us to be renewed by your hope, your peace, your love, your mercy, Guide us, fill us with your love. Amen. Now we invite you to rise in body or spirit, to join hands with those as you feel called to do so. And please join us as we pray out loud together the Lord's Prayer. There's an inclusive version printed in your bulletin, so you might have to have one hand in your bulletin. And of course, you are welcome to pray in whatever language, whatever version you feel called to pray in this morning.
Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And it is not our temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the reign, and the power, and the glory of God. Please share a sign of God's peace with one another. Peace be with you.
Good morning. Hear now the word. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, from the New Revised Standard Version. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man there named Zacchaeus, he was the chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on count of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree and to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to the guest of one who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thank you, Monique. Good morning, everyone. Will you say a word of prayer with me as I begin? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. On this All Saints Sunday, day after Day of the Dead, I am thinking about life. I'm thinking about what it means to be alive because we really only know death because we know life, right? If we're lucky, our lives are marked by holy and significant moments from time to time. One such moment for me was last Sunday. Were you here last Sunday? Show of hands. Yes, we commemorated 400 years of African-American inequality, resistance, and resilience in this country. Jackie preached a stunning sermon. Dion brilliantly directed an all-black gospel ensemble. Cheryl preached to us from 1 Timothy. Achebe, one of our elders, taught us. We poured libations to our ancestors on and on and on. If you were not here last week, you can watch a playlist of the day on our YouTube channel. Here's a pro tip. You should go watch it. In all seriousness, it was a true honor to be part of such a divine, fully black-led and embodied worship. An honor I don't take for granted. And speaking of saints and ancestors and last Sunday and life, 
I would like to begin my time today with an apology. I am deeply sorry for the ways that my ancestors, who are raised as white, have royally messed up. For creating race as a way to keep those who they wanted to be in power, males, and those with skin that looked white, in power, in power. I am deeply sorry. As an American who is also raised as white, I confess that I live in a system of institutionalized racism that I actively benefit from. So for the ways and times that I have perpetuated racism and white supremacy, I ask for forgiveness and apologize. For more Sundays, like last Sunday, yes. For continual, internal, and structural work by white people, yes. For my apology to be more than just hearsay, so help me God, yes. A former colleague of mine, Reverend Tiffany, works at Metro Baptist Church in Hell's Kitchen. One morning, she got a call that no one ever wants to get, especially not as a pastor on a Sunday morning. A parishioner was found dead in her apartment just now. As any good pastor would, Tiffany stopped what she was doing and ran to Nancy's apartment. As she boarded the elevator to go up, she was greeted by a couple just coming home from the hospital with a newborn baby in their arms. I'm not quite sure why that story conjures up so many emotions in me, but I think it has something to do with the fact that in that one moment we are presented with the preciousness of life. An elevator moment that reminds us that we are not too far ever from death and that we are not too far ever from birth. When we said aloud the names of those who have gone before us a few moments ago during the congregational prayer, we as a church named that the distance between those who have passed along is not that far. We claimed that we are mystically bound together through this communion of saints. As our ancestors, the communion of saints teach us how to resist, how to confess, how to forgive how to celebrate, they are teaching us how to live, something about what it means to be alive. Zacchaeus, the protagonist in our lectionary text for today, is part of that communion of saints. If you grew up in the church like I did, anybody else? Zacchaeus is familiar to you because you're singing a song right now in your head, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Anybody go to church? He climbed up in a sycamore tree. Thank you, choir. (laughs) Yes, to many of us, this is a familiar story. To many of you, you are hearing it for the first time. But Zacchaeus was an outcast. He was a rich, conniving, distrusted, and disliked tax collector. 
Scholars suspect that the mention of his size may refer to more than just his physical stature. It also signals his status in the community. He was small in the eyes of his neighbors. The system of collecting and paying Roman officials was, surprise, surprise, open to abuse and corruption. So this ancestor climbs up into a tree because he hears that Jesus, who is revered by the masses to be revolutionary and holy, is going to pass by. And he wants to catch a glimpse. And when Jesus does pass by, he says, hey, Zacchaeus, please come down. I'm going to your house today for dinner. Dining with someone in ancient times restored them to the life of community. And thus Zacchaeus, despite his greed and outcastedness, a word I made up at the 930 worship, was restored. Now if the Bible has any meaning for us today, we have to think about what relevance the ancient texts have for us in 2019. We must, as theologian Karl Barth says, preach the gospel, preach with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Well, my newspaper tells me that there are people today who are too wealthy, conniving, and who abuse power. Yeah. I won't wait too long for you to conjure up some such folks in your mind as well. Yes, it's pretty clear to us who Zacchaeus is today. Now, a cursory application of this story would tell us to quickly forgive and redeem the greedy tax collector, Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump, Mark Zuckerberg, ICE agents, our racist, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, homophobic, fill-in-the-blank uncle, cousin, sisters, and restore them to full community because that's how God's love and grace works, right? It's extended even to the outcasts and undeserving, right? How does that sit with you? That's hard. It doesn't sit with me so well. But before you call for my resignation of the caller, know that I'm not calling into question the breadth of God's grace, the breadth of God's forgiveness, the possibility always of restorative justice. But I do want us to focus on some oft-forgotten parts of this story. The first being that Zacchaeus did some work himself. He wasn't sitting at home in his greed and in his mischievous, abusive ways. Zacchaeus showed up to the place where change could happen. He not only showed up, he climbed a tree so as not to miss this teacher, this revolutionary. And thus, the stage is set for transformation. Because we remember that when Zacchaeus showed up, he was seen by Jesus, he was called out by name, and he changed. But have you ever wondered just why Zacchaeus showed up that day? Was he alerted to the new movement in town, the actual Jesus movement 
if you will? Possibly. Was he intrigued or threatened by this movement that was calling into question his power? Possibly. Was he bored? Just wanted to get out of the house? Eh, maybe. One thing we know for sure, he did not receive a tip on Twitter or on CNN. He didn't read about it in Insta story or get a snap. And I think that brings us to the second, really not talked or thought about part of this story. That being that somebody talked to Zacchaeus. Somebody said something to him that made him curious. Curious enough to show up. Curious enough to climb a tree. Curious enough to be open to the possibility that maybe he's wrong. Maybe he doesn't know everything. Maybe the way that he is doing things is not the way, God's way. So who are we talking to? Who are we causing to be curious? We need to be curious and we need to cause others to be curious so we can be seen by a God who will restore us to right relationships and right systems of power. How we live this life and engage each other or not actually matters. Either we are helping each other see God and God's desires for this world, or we're not. Who are the outcasts? I'll ask again. The disliked? Those seen small in our communities today. In this space, I bet we would name many of the same people. Maybe I already named some. But if I were preaching to a congregation in Birmingham, Alabama, where I went to college, actually we would be the outcasts, the disliked. If I were preaching to a congregation just down the street, one, I probably wouldn't even be preaching, but middle church would actually be the outcasts, the disliked, because of our revolutionary inclusiveness. Maybe what I'm saying today is making you feel othered. Zachary Neal, associate professor at Michigan State University, writes that polarization between Democrats and Republicans has been steadily getting worse since the early 1970s. And today, we've hit the ceiling on polarization. Do you feel that? And at these levels, he concludes, it will be difficult to make any progress on social or economic policies. Fairly depressing. I'm Facebook friends with many of you. If you're not, we can be friends. So you may notice that from time to time, the conversations on my wall, coming from this straight white Christian mother from small town Kentucky, who's also a liberal Black Lives Matter New York activist, are just a circus. I posted a picture of myself a few weeks back under the impeach graffiti sign on Avenue B with literally no caption. And you would have thought I called for the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and it was just a snapshot, 
of how truly polarized we are. It was a reminder that we're not talking to the tax collectors. And yet the story of Zacchaeus tells us that we must nudge the Zacchaeuses in our lives. It's not going to work to not engage the other and hope that the Senate will flip itself, that the cages will close, that police will stop disproportionately killing trans, black, and brown people, that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. But I'm not here to preach that everyone go home and talk to your family members about race and Trump over Thanksgiving sermon. I would do that if you were an all white congregation. Because I do recognize in all seriousness that the ways that power and privilege play out, there are people that must do more work of, of this type at times. And that there are others whose work is taking care of their own souls and psyches. And further still, I do believe that every single one of us have people in our lives, in our paths, that need nudging towards transformation. Every one of us, with all of our labels, all of our identities, has a front line. As my friend Jenna, who sometimes worships here, likes to say, every one of us have people in our lives, conversations that need to happen, nudges to put into the world that could push someone to become curious, that could help them see the holy, that may push them to show up, climb a tree, and allow God to look at them, call them by name, and transform them. In the book, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion, anybody read it, heard of it? Jonathan, I think I stole your copy, Chad. Jonathan Haidt writes that we are divided not because some people are good and some people are evil, but rather our minds were designed for groupish, groupish righteousness. We are deeply intuitive creatures whose gut feelings derive our statistic reasoning. And this makes it difficult, but not impossible, to connect with those who live in other matrices that are built on different morals or politics. And here's a tip he offers. Don't bring up morality or politics until you found a few points of commonality. Friends, we have all the commonality that we need. We share the commonality of knowing that we are all part of the communion of saints. That we are all created by a God who loves us, sees us, and wants nothing more than for us to see too. To see across borders, to see across dinner tables, across police lines, religious lines, political lines, racial lines, economic lines. Henry Nouwen reminds us that changing the human heart and changing human society 
are not separate tasks. Are we seeing each other? Are we showing up to be seen? God's grace, God's salvation, God's restorative justice and redemptive plan for liberation for all of this earth is here and now. They are below us, above us, it is around us, around all the trees that we climb, all the boxes that we put ourselves in. God's plan is looking at us, calling us each by name, and it's up for us to respond. The Gospel of Luke shows us time and again how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. But even so, in this parable, Zacchaeus is saved. He is redeemed. The wealthiest of all changes. And so, there's hope for us. There's hope for Washington, for Kentucky, for Albany, for the Collegiate Church, for me, there's hope for you, there's hope for all of us. For what, after all, is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not seen. So I'm thinking about life this All Saints Day, about what it means to be alive. I'm thinking that it means that we are not too far ever from the newness of a newborn baby, nor to the spirit of those who have passed on. I think it means that we should always question what we see and what we're not seeing. I think being alive means setting the stage always for transformation. Being alive means that we are always seen by a God who loves us unconditionally, regardless of who we love, what color our skin is, what side of any border wall, jail cell, paycheck, or subway line we live on. Being alive means that in living, we are called to the front lines of our own lives. The places where we can nudge another in curious, courageous, sometimes difficult conversation so that they might show up, climb a tree, and see that God is also calling them to restorative justice and a life of abundance and grace rather than the lies that white supremacy, the patriarchy, capitalism, and colonization tell us. I think being alive means inviting the other to dinner. It means knowing that we have within us the ability to see even when it's hard because God always sees us and God always calls us by name. So what are we waiting for, family? 
We share God's divineness, which is all we need to hold space for all the conversations we need to have. We must have. So let's live together. Let's dine together, see together, and move together until God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. time in worship which is communion and at this time in communion we celebrate that we are all one body and one bread as we come today to communion we celebrate that God and each other are one and we celebrate that our ancestors and those not yet born and God and all of us are one let us pray Holy One, thank you for this sacred time, for this sacred meal, for the gift, the blessing of communion. Open our hearts to more fully receive the blessings of your love, of your connectedness, of your spirit. Send your spirit upon us now, we pray, so that the bread that we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of your spirit among us empowering us, moving us, transforming us. On the night in which Jesus dined with his disciples, including tax collectors, Jesus knew he was about to face his own death. And he took the bread with his friends and he broke that bread. and said, this is the bread of life. Death does not have the last word. This is the bread of life. Take, eat, and when you do, remember me. And in the same way, when Jesus was dining with friends and tax collectors, Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Every time you drink this, remember me. Our ushers will now invite us to the table. At middle, we know that this is God's table, so it is open to all. Our bread is gluten-free, and we will be having communion by intinction, which means you will take the bread and dip it in the juice, the non-alcoholic juice. The table is ready. Let us commune now.
Good morning, Middle Church. My name is Matthew Johnson Harris, and I have the great privilege of inviting you to join the movement this morning. In 2016, I created the Mosaic Concert Series immediately after the presidential election. I called Christina Fleming after teaching a 6.30 a.m. cycling class, and I was rattling off a mile a minute about how we need to do something, we need to do something, we need to do something, we need to do something. And Christina, in her best grounded Christina voice, was like, love, it's 7 a.m. <laughs> I'm on the subway headed to work. Can I call you right back? She kept to her word, she called me right back, and five days later, we had the first Mosaic concert here at Middle Collegiate Church. <laughs> five days. And now, three years later, we produced 10 concerts. Um, we've, we've, we helped so many different marginalized groups from LGBTQI rights, to radical racial justice, to Puerto Rico relief, to multiple women's rights organizations. And we even hosted two interfaith holiday Christmas concerts where we raised money for different Muslim organizations. One of those organizations used the funds to offer self-defense classes to Muslim women due to the rise of violence against them. The Mosaic Project is all about seeing and uplifting the other while also allowing the tax collector in the tree to come into the party. <laughs> Another thing that makes the Mosaic Project different than other Broadway concerts is that 100% of the proceeds at the door goes immediately to the organization. And the donation at the door isn't required, it's suggested. We care more about getting as many people into this space and giving them information on how they can become better social justice champions. The entertainment portion is filled with songs, poetry, spoken word, and dance that is directly related to whatever, whatever organization we're lifting up. We featured cast members from Broadway's Kinky Boots, Dear Evan Hansen, The Color Purple, Wicked, Carousel, Waitress, Memphis, Beautiful, The Carol King Musical, and so many more. So how do we produce a Broadway concert with a reception and don't require people to pay money to get into the door? We do it because of you, Metal. Your weekly gifts help the Mosaic Project. Every time you give to Middle Collegiate Church, not only do you support all of our other programs like Butterfly, but you also uplift my program as well. Your donations help us pay for security, the audiovisual teams, goodies for the reception, the band, and all other expenses that come into the process. Tomorrow night is our three-year anniversary concert! <laughs> It will be featuring Aisha Jackson and Alyssa Fox, both who are starring in the Broadway musical Frozen. And they will be here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. We will also be featuring Moms Demand Action, a nonprofit that specializes in how we can push for better legislation and for regards to gun reform. Oh yeah, and there'll also be an appearance from the queer black man of middle choir that performed here a couple of weeks ago. So they'll be as part of this foundation as well. Who was here for that service? Wasn't the music exceptional? Well, we're gonna be reprising the choir, so they'll be back as well. As you give your gifts today, we'll be sharing a selection from a past Mosaic concert. Cameron Mitchell Bell is a veteran of the Mosaic concert series. He'll be a feature performer tomorrow, and today he'll be singing the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Now this song has become a staple in our concert series because the message behind it is, we can create the world we wanna see around us no matter how fantastical it may seem. Help us create that world. I invite you to join the movement. If you're interested in joining Middle, you can meet with Chad after service. You can also join and donate online by, by going to www.middlechurch.org. 
Together we can create the world we want to see. Because if happy little bluebirds can fly beyond the rainbow, middle church, why can't we? <laughs> Let us prepare our gifts, and I hope to see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. When all the world is a hopeless shamble And the raindrops tumble all around Heaven opens a magic lane When all the clouds darken up the skyway there's a rainbow highway to be found Leading from your window pane To a place behind the sun Just a step beyond the rain Somewhere
Dear God, we ask you to bless the many gifts that we bring to you today, and may we use them to continue to do your mission of spreading powerful, radical love and all your many powerful and magnificent names. Amen. Family, the good news for us is that we don't have to worry about who's in and who's out, about who's right or who's left. We need only know that God knows. God sees us and God calls us all to God's ways of justice and liberation for all. So go now from this place knowing that you are loved and seen by that God and that that truth that commonality gives us all we need to have all the conversations we must have to get us over the rainbow. Amen. Amen. <laughs>